Thanks for joining us for online services again this Sunday. What an unprecedented time this is to seek to follow the Lord together. You know, as we have shared with you, we'll be gathering online each Sunday at 9 and 1045 until further notice. You can go to southwinds.org to get that link each Sunday. I'm praying that as we gather, God will meet you wherever you are and encourage you and strengthen you. Since we're not able to gather together physically, we want to make sure you're aware of what's happening with the Southwinds family. Be sure that you are regularly checking out our website and our social media feeds. You can also email our pastors anytime, or you can call us at 835-HOPE, or you can email us with particular needs at hope at southwinds.org. Starting this week, we'll be leading virtual prayer meetings where you can gather and pray with other Southwinders using Zoom meeting technology. Our website and social media feeds will have the link you need with the dates and the times. Let's seek God together. As part of our Breakthrough Spiritual Initiative, we've committed ourselves to serving our communities in tangible ways. We believe that good deeds leads to goodwill, which opens doors for the good news. We really want to leverage this difficult time to love our neighbors. Among other things, we're joining with other area churches in Neighbor Helping Neighbor, helping to provide those basic needs that people have during a time like this. You can email Pastor Chris Thielen to find out more. We'll also be hosting a blood drive on April 2nd and 3rd here at the Worship Center. You can sign up at southwinds.org starting March 23rd. We're exploring more ways to serve that we'll be sharing in the weeks ahead. I'm praying that we will trust God in this time and use this time to love and serve our neighbors like we have never done before. I'm also praying that God will continue to provide for all of our needs. During this time, it's vital that all of us continue to practice generosity. Online giving makes this very convenient and it's simple to set up as many of you already know. Just go to southwinds.org and click on giving, follow the simple instructions, and we'll send you a confirmation code and a receipt. Through you, God will enable Southwinds to continue meeting needs all across Tracy, Mountain House, and Lathrop. I'm looking forward to worshiping with you. Will you pray that God uses this time to draw us closer to Him and to make us more like His Son, Jesus? God has great things in store for us, Southwinds. I can't wait to see you again. Thank you. Hello, Southwinds family and all of our guests. I want to welcome you to our online services today. Uh, Last week, of course, was an unprecedented time for us um, and churches all across our nation as we gathered, not in person, but virtually online. Uh, This week has brought even more changes for us as each day seems to Uh, offer one surprise after another. Uh, Here in Tracy, of course, this Wednesday night, our city council issued a shelter-in-place directive for us, which has uh, kept most of us uh, in our homes uh, most of the time. As a result of this, uh, we were not able to uh, provide music for this gathering today, but we are still looking for ways to incorporate that into our online gatherings in the weeks ahead uh, while keeping everyone, everyone safe. I want you to know that I'm praying for you, and all of your pastors are praying for you. Uh, We love you. Uh, We want to serve you. We're going to do everything we can to encourage you and strengthen you. And we want you to know we we miss you already. We cannot wait until we are able to gather together once again 
uh, and worship our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I, I think you would agree with me uh, that this moment we're in seems surreal. Every day there seems to be more discouraging news. Uh, our government has declared a national emergency. The World Health Organization has marked the coronavirus as an official global pandemic. Everyone is trying to flatten the curve of infection, and so we've shut everything down. And it seems like we are likely in our nation heading for a serious economic downturn at best. None of us knows what's ahead. But the good news is God does. God is still on his throne, and none of this surprises him. And his promise in Romans 8:28 is still true. It says, and we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. I want to remind you that God is at work even when we can't see it. And together as a church family, we're going to figure out new ways that we can be the church, new ways that we can help each other, new ways that we can serve our neighbors around us. Today in our time of studying God's word, I want to focus on the security and the trust that we find in Jesus. And I have discovered these last weeks that, that Jesus' I am statements are so incredibly timely and relevant. I didn't know when I planned this series that we would be facing a pandemic that would change all of our lives like this, that we wouldn't be able to worship together, that I would be talking to you from my own home. Uh, but God did, and God planned to speak to us in fresh ways through His Word. So I want us to begin by reading the passage that we're looking at today. It's in the Gospel of John. If you don't have your Bibles out, you can get them open. And we're in chapter 10, uh, verses 1 through 10 is our, our passage. And if you want to, where you are in your house, uh, wherever you're, you're seeing this, you can read God's Word out loud with me. Uh, the verses are, are going to be on the screen. This is what it says, beginning in verse 1. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate, but climbs in by some other way, is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him, and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore, Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Jesus says in this passage, I am the gate for the sheep. I am the gate. This I am statement that Jesus gives us tells us so much about who Jesus is, so much about his heart for his people. Again, Jesus is using a metaphor very familiar to the people that he first spoke to. He calls his people, and that's us, sheep. This is one of the Bible's favorite terms for God's people. 
The word flock is used in the Bible over 200 times. Psalm 100 verse 3 says, We are His people. We are the sheep of His pasture. And I need to tell you uh, right now that sheep, uh, that's not the most positive description. You see, there's a reason that we even today speak of sheeple. Uh, Years ago, I read a classic book by a man named Philip Keller. It was called A Shepherd Looks at Psalm 23. Keller was born in Kenya where his parents were missionaries. And as he lived there growing up, he observed Maasai shepherds there in Kenya. He then spent years working as an actual shepherd himself in British Columbia. And he describes a danger that is unique to sheep. Shepherds call it being cast down or sometimes even just being cast. And it's what happens when a sheep cannot regain its feet. Here's what Keller writes. He says, Even the largest, fattest, strongest, and sometimes healthiest sheep can become cast and be a casualty. The way it happens is this. A heavy, fat, or long-fleeced sheep will lie down comfortably in some little hollow or depression in the ground. It may roll on its side slightly to stretch out or relax. Suddenly, The center of its gravity and its body shifts so that it turns on its back far enough that the feet no longer touch the ground. It may feel a sense of panic and start to paw frantically. Frequently, this only makes things worse. It rolls over even further, and now it is quite impossible for it to regain its feet. Keller writes about a lot of problems that are unique to sheep. When this happens, the sheep is now so vulnerable, they... They're, they're, they're vulnerable to death. They're vulnerable to predators. Uh, and he talks about how utterly helpless sheep really are. That's the main thrust of his book. You see, evidently, sheep drew the short straw when it came to intelligence. Sheep aren't even good at finding food. They're such creatures of habit that they'll keep on going to places they know with no food, even when good grazing is nearby. Sheep are known to wander around aimlessly. There are even accounts of sheep walking into open fires. Shepherds will tell you that sheep are timid and stubborn, that they will on the one hand get frightened by the most ridiculous things, but then at other times nothing can move them. Sheep are absolutely defenseless. There's really no way that a sheep can defend itself. Of all the animals subject to husbandry, Well, sheep, they they take the most work. And all of this feeds into what Jesus is telling us here. Two truths that I want you to see today. The first one is this. Jesus protects his sheep. And we see this in verses 1 through 6. And first of all, we see in verses 1 through 3, Jesus is describing the reality for sheep in that day, that they were vulnerable to predators. Jesus is reminding us here that there are always thieves and robbers, There are always people who want to hurt us, people who want to take advantage of us, people who want to exploit us. Listen again to these verses. I tell you the truth. The man who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The man who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The watchman opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Now, the first thing about protection that Jesus gives that I want you to see is right here. And if you're taking notes, you can write this down. Jesus knows your name. 
Jesus knows your name. It says Jesus calls his own sheep by name. Now what's behind this picture is something everyone in Jesus' day knew. Shepherds would typically take their flocks out into the fields and find places for them to graze. And, and during the seasons of warmer weather that they remained out in the fields, there were smaller enclosures out in the pastures that they would use to keep their sheep overnight. Sometimes they would bring the flocks back to their village and keep them in a communal sheep pen. When this happened, there would be multiple flocks uh, with different shepherds all in one pen. And often the people in the village would pay a, a gatekeeper to guard the flocks while the shepherds went and slept at night. These different flocks would intermingle, and we might wonder how a shepherd would ever get his own sheep back. But because a shepherd knew his sheep, and because sheep knew their shepherd, each sheep could recognize their shepherds. Shepherds had pet names for their sheep. They would call and maybe sing a song that they sang to the sheep out in the fields. And the sheep would hear, the sheep would know it was their shepherd, and they would follow him out of the sheep pen. Uh, that's precisely what Jesus is telling us in verses 4 through 6. He says, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but they did not understand what he was telling them. The second thing we see about Jesus' protection is that Jesus' sheep listen to his voice and follow his leadership. We stay under Jesus' protection more and more as we listen to him, as we obey him. Sometimes travelers to the Middle East have paid a shepherd to exchange clothes with them, and they try to call the sheep. They, they try to get the sheep to come to them, but the sheep don't come because the sheep only obey, only follow the voice that they know. You see, even though sheep may be stupid, they know their master's voice. It's kind of like this. If you have a pet dog, you know something about what we're talking about here. You know, you call your dog and your dog comes, right? Someone else calls your dog and your dog doesn't come. The dog probably doesn't respond. Maybe you say, well, I don't have a dog. I have a cat. Well, I'll pray for you that you would grow in God's wisdom and discernment, okay? <laughs> Those of you who think you have the spiritual gift of booing and hissing, just feel free, let it fly. I can't hear you, but we'll talk about it later. But what's going on here is this deeply personal and profoundly intimate relationship between Jesus and his people. If we look down a few verses here in John 10 to verses 14 and 15, we read these words. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. Think about that. Jesus knows us just as well as he knows the Father who he has been in perfect fellowship with from eternity past. How unbelievably intimate. I mean, this is a staggering idea. How does the Father know the Son who is one with him? Well, Jesus couldn't have stated this any more powerfully. He knows you and loves you and wants an ever-growing relationship with you. You see, there could be no knowledge more intimate than Jesus' knowledge of the Father, and no knowledge more intimate than the knowledge that He has of us. Among other things, that means that Jesus knows 
all about our pasts, with all of our wounds, all of our failures, all of our disappointments, and He protects us and He loves us anyway. Jesus also knows our present with all of our longings and desires and, and hopes that we have, so many of which we have never realized. Jesus knows the anxieties and the fears that you are experiencing right now. And He knows how to meet you in those fears. This means that you can trust Him. This means that you can take those anxieties and fears to Him in prayer and you can talk to Him about them and then He will speak to you about them. Jesus is your shepherd. You are one of His sheep. I just want to ask you, are, are you coming to Him for His protection, especially in this time? Maybe you've wandered away. Sheep do that sometimes. Maybe it's time for you to come back to the sheep pen, come back to the Good Shepherd. It could be that you have joined us in this online service and, and you've not been part of the Southwinds family. First of all, let me say how glad we are that you are here. But maybe you recognize that, that you're outside of Jesus' flock, that you're not one who is under His care. You've not surrendered your life to Him to follow Him. And if that's you, I would, I would love to talk to you, as any of our pastors would. Uh, we would love to hear from you if you're willing to, to contact us. I want to just say to you right now that Jesus is offering to you right now. He's offering you forgiveness. He's offering you peace. He's offering you joy. And He will give those things to you if you will let Him. See, all you have to do is talk to Him. Uh, tell Him where you are, what's on your heart. All you have to do is come to Him in repentance for your sin. Just tell Him you're ready to turn around and, and stop living the way that you've been living. All you have to do is believe that He died for you and, and that God has raised Him from the dead. And if you will do that, you can start an eternal relationship uh, with the shepherd, with Jesus, the Savior. This leads us to the second truth I want you to see today, and it's simply this. Jesus provides for his sheep. And we see that in verses 7 through 10. It says, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. All who ever came before me were thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. He will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. What does Jesus mean by saying he is the gate? Well, this is a different picture than the large community sheep pen. This is the picture of the many smaller sheep pens scattered across the pastures where shepherds would lead their sheep. And these sheep pens were small, so they would only hold one flock. And so when a, when a shepherd was leading his flock uh, out in the fields, when it came to nighttime, he would take his flock into one of these, and he would get the sheep inside, and then he would sit down at the entrance, and he would literally become the gate for the sheep pen. I read a story this week about a man who was traveling in the Middle East about a hundred years ago, and he had a guide, and one day uh, they came across a shepherd and his sheep, and they began talking with this shepherd. 
uh, the shepherd showed them the sheep pen where he kept the sheep at night. And it had four walls, and it had a small gate that was the way in. The traveler said, this is where they go at night? The shepherd said, yes, when they're inside, they're perfectly safe. The traveler said, but there's no gate. The shepherd said, I am the gate. Now, the shepherd wasn't a Christian. He didn't know Jesus' story. He'd never read the New Testament. He was simply speaking as an Arab shepherd. This traveler said, well, what does gate mean? The shepherd said, when the sun sets and all the sheep are inside, I lay down in this open space and no sheep ever goes out except across my body. No wolf comes in unless he crosses my body. I am the gate. You see, that's what Jesus was telling us. He was saying, I am the living gate. If you are one of my sheep, as you live your life, and as you go out and come in, you must go through me. He was saying, everything that comes into your life passes through me. Nothing comes at you or against you apart from me. As the gate, Jesus says, I am the protect protector. I am the provider. So when you come in the gate, this means you are not only saved, it means you are also safe. When you go out to pasture, when you go out into the world, you're going through Jesus. Jesus is saying, I am your provider. What does Jesus provide for us? Well, there are at least three things that we can see. First, we find refuge in Jesus. The shepherd was there to protect the sheep from predators. He literally placed his body in the gate to protect the sheep. There is so much fear in the world right now. I was thinking back uh, to 9-11 and remembering how we all thought things were so bad uh, after 9-11 and our government responded, in other, among other ways, by uh, creating the Homeland Security Agency and now we have the NSA and we have the TSA. But you know, even with 47,000 TSA agents, we still worry. And now we're being threatened by something we cannot even see, a virus. You see, our only true refuge is in Jesus. That's one of the things that this time should remind us of. We find refuge in Jesus. I was reading Psalm 23 this week, and in Psalm 23, verse 4, David writes, Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. The Bible doesn't say that we will be spared from the darkest valley. Instead, it says when we walk through life experiences that create fear, we don't have to be afraid. And the reason is we have a shepherd and he is with us. He is there to comfort us. He has the tools to take care of us. You know, a shepherd back then would have had two different tools. First, a rod. This was a short club with a hard rounded end, and the shepherd would use it for two purposes. The first was if a lamb strayed from the flock and didn't return when he called, and the shepherd would toss the rod at, at the lamb and try to get the, his attention. He wouldn't throw it hard, just enough to warn him to get back in line. And sometimes uh, God uses the rod of correction on us in the same way. Now, this same rod could be thrown with great force to protect the flock from a wolf or a coyote. There were even lions in Israel during the time of Jesus. 
And then there was the staff. The staff was a long walking stick. It might have a crook at the top like a, like a question mark. It was used to direct the sheep to stay in line. But sometimes the shepherd would use it to rescue a lamb, a lamb caught in a bush or a lamb that had fallen in the water. He could also use the crook to, to draw a lamb close to him so that he could examine it and see if it had an injury or if it was suffering from a disease. You know, sheep aren't affectionate animals like dogs and cats. They, they actually shy away from people. And so this shepherd's rod with this crook could draw a lamb into close contact with the shepherd. In the same way, the good shepherd sometimes draws us close to his heart with his staff. It's just a picture of refuge that we need. We find refuge in Jesus. Second thing that Jesus provides for us is we find rest. We find rest in Jesus. David the psalmist says that the shepherd leads us into green pastures and he makes us lie down. A good shepherd is always leading his sheep to find nourishment. And according to Philip Keller, the only time when sheep will lie down is when they have a full belly. Even so, our good shepherd leads us to find nourishment and he feeds us. And when he feeds us and satisfies us, he makes us lie down, we can rest. We find rest in Jesus. Proverbs 3.24 says, When you lie down, you will not be afraid. When you lie down, your sleep will be sweet. How's your sleep? Is it sweet? One translation says your sleep will be pleasant. Are you experiencing pleasant rest? Or are you finding it hard to sleep and rest because of worry? A number of years ago, a doctor named A.J. Cronin did an exhaustive study about worry. He interviewed thousands of, of people, and, and through that he determined uh, that 60% of what people worry about never even happens. Another 30% of the things people worry about, those are just things that already had happened in the past that you couldn't change. And he said of the remaining 10% of the issues, 7% of those issues had to do with worrying about things you didn't control and couldn't control, like, like the weather. Uh, this doctor said that only about 3% of the things people worry about are actually legitimate concerns. And his prescription was that we would turn that negative energy of worry into a positive problem-solving effort to address those situations. Are you anxious about the coronavirus? Of course, wash your hands. Avoid unnecessary contact with other people. Shelter in place. Be wise. But then, about those things you can't do anything about, trust the shepherd. Trust the shepherd who protects and who provides, who takes care of all of our needs. The third thing that Jesus provides is this. We, we find renewal in Jesus. John 10.10 10 has always been one of my favorite verses in the Bible. I'm sure that's true for many of you. It's kind of one of those summary verses like John 3.16. I heard someone say once that there is enough truth in John 10.10 for you to live on the rest of your life. Listen to this verse again. Jesus said, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. We have an enemy, and his name is Satan, and we can see his fingerprints, his evil actions, all throughout the world. Uh, 
He came to kill, steal, and destroy. And so whenever you see death, destruction, and deceit, you know that Satan has been at work. The great contrast of this verse, though, is that Jesus said he has come to give us life, but not just life. He promises life in abundance. He promises life to the full. You see, everyone has physical life. The Greek word for that is bios. We get our word biology from that. But Jesus here is promising another kind of life. The Greek word is zoe. And even though we get our word zoology from this Greek word, we really don't have a really great English translation for it, for abundant life. It's a quality of life that is above and beyond normal living. Among other things, it is a life not overwhelmed by fear. We experience fear. All of us do. I do, just like you. But as we follow the shepherd, we learn little by little, more and more over time, how to give that fear to God, how, how to trust Jesus when we're afraid. This kind of life is a, a life that's increasingly filled with joy and contentment. The more we know Jesus, the more we know that the most important thing that any of us can have is a relationship with Him as our, our shepherd. And when we know that, we can rejoice. We can be content. We can rest. This kind of life, it's a life of peace. You see, when our sins are forgiven, when we're right with God, when we can live in confidence of having eternal life with the Father, we don't need to fret. We can rest. We can have peace. And I'm praying that you will be experiencing that even now as we go through this difficult time. You know, one thing that Jesus is telling us here when he says that I am the gate, he is excluding all others who make the claim to protect and provide. You see, every other authority that, that claims to give life, every other religious leader, whoever they are, wherever they are, Jesus says they're thieves, they're robbers. There is only one gate that leads to life. Now we're going to talk more about that in a few weeks as we continue to study Jesus' I Am statements. But this passage that we've looked at today in John 10, it's so incredibly relevant to us as we face the coronavirus. As someone once said, we may not know what the future holds, but we always know who holds the future. And that is our Good Shepherd. He is here. He is with us. He is taking care of us. He's protecting us. He's providing for us. We're going to be learning more about who He is and what He does for us as we keep studying God's Word together next week. And so I want to encourage you to, to join us again. I want to leave you by having us read together a passage from God's Word that reminds us of the reality that Jesus really is our shepherd and that He will always protect and provide. It's Psalm 23. This is one of the most familiar, most beloved chapters in all of the Bible. And I want to invite you, would you read it with me? You can read it out loud uh, where you are. It's going to be on the screen. You can see it as we read God's Word together. David writes, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for His name's sake. 
Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Friends, we follow a shepherd, and he is good. He is the gate, the gate to an abundant life. I'm praying that this week, as we face whatever comes, we will be able to experience his protection, his provision, that abundant life, full life that he offers to each and every one of us. Would you join me as we pray together? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. Father God, we thank you that even in difficult times, like we are experiencing right now, we know you are with us, that you never leave us, you never abandon us. We can always know your protection. We can always know your provision, Father. And we thank you that we experience that through your Son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we pray uh, for everyone as they are facing the circumstances of, of their lives that are difficult right now. Lord, Lord, I ask that you would be close to them, that you would comfort them. Lord, I pray uh, for those who don't know you. I pray, Lord, that, that they would experience uh, your peace and your joy and your love, that they would enter into a relationship with you uh, through the forgiveness of their sins. Lord, help us as we continue to seek to serve you and follow you in these days. Uh, we ask these things now in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. We'll see you again next week. Thanks for coming.